Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. What is worship? What does it look like? Where does it come from? Today, First Pres Worship Director Chevis Wong delves deep into this idea of worship. Church family, good morning. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue uh, our journey through the lectionary, spending time today in the Gospel of Luke, and I am excited uh, because today's a good day and God is good. Amen? Um, there's so much to notice in this passage of Jesus, so much to appreciate about Jesus, um, but this morning we're going to just focus on one of those many things that the Scripture uh, teaches us, that the worship, the worship that God desires is a product of gratitude. Um, would you close your eyes and bow your heads and just pray with me? Jesus, we invite you into this moment. I pray that you would help us to draw closer to you. And as we draw closer to you, that, um, that it would become easier and easier to recognize you with us here in this moment today, wherever we are, here or online, um, that it would become easier to recognize you in our past, that it would become easier to imagine you in our steps ahead. So Lord, we pray that you would be blessed by our gathering today and that you would be blessed by what comes from it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Um, when we consider the worship God desires, we're not just talking about the style of worship. We're not talking about uh, traditional versus contemporary or uh, drums and organs or high energy or uh, low energy, I guess, <laughs> contemplative. Um, even though the vehicle might be rightly important to us, the Bible says that God cares about what the vehicle carries, the state of its passengers, our behavior, the things we say, our concerns all reveal um, values that are important to us. And at some point um, in the week, I deliberately wonder, am I training and trying to promote what God prefers or what I prefer? Um, we're going to talk today about how Christ-centered gratitude produces something um, and we need to know what we're looking out for to help us self-evaluate. Because remember our great commission, our faith is to be evidenced, yes, by God and also by the world that we are to reach in Jesus' name. So uh, here they are. I'll cite these scriptures in our small group questions for the week. Uh, but for this moment, very briefly, here are the four characteristics of praise and worship that God desires his people demonstrate to bless him and evidence the living gospel. So here they are. One, worship that flows from being saved. Worship that is spiritual, spiritually authentic. Worship that is scriptural, scripturally accurate. And worship that is sacrificial. 
We are a people of faith. And as we recognize God's presence with us, he desires a response of praise and worship that flows from being saved, that is spiritually authentic and scripturally accurate, that is sacrificial. And the Bible says the language of such a faith is thanksgiving. It's gratitude. The worship God desires is a product of gratitude. So let us remember this as we read our key scripture for today. Um, Would you please stand with me, uh, if you're able, uh, in reverence to the word. Luke 17, 11. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give God glory except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has made you whole. Or in some translations, your faith has saved you. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Thank you. Here's what's happening historically. Jesus and the disciples are traveling to Jerusalem. Uh, We are just a few chapters ahead uh, of the Last Supper in an upper room in Jerusalem. Uh, A few chapters ahead of Jesus's arrest in Gethsemane, his trial and his crucifixion at Golgotha. So Jesus is traveling with his disciples and he reaches uh, the border between Samaria and Galilee. And we, and we read in verse 12, as he was going into a village, so he was outside of the village, as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And I, and I want to break that down so that we notice something about their crying out from a distance, right? As a group of exiles, they recognize Jesus. They call him master, um, a term used in every other instance in Luke by only the disciples. They recognize his authority, his position in reference to their position, uh, his abilities in reference to their disabilities, Jesus being someone who might give them something uh, they are in need of, and they request his pity. Have pity on us. Jesus, feel our sadness. Have sympathy for our suffering. Be moved by our unhappiness. 
So Jesus, the compassionate miracle worker, shows them compassion and works a miracle, offers them a miracle, and he tells them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. Uh, Let's consider ourselves today, here and now. When was the last time you had a medical ailment, some kind of a medical issue, and you thought to yourself, you know what I need to do is go see my priest. (laughs) Or or, or if you had some kind of a tooth uh, issue and thought to yourselves, you know what I need to do? Uh, Let me call up uh, Pastor Dan and uh, see if he can... He can fit me in this week. Uh, No, if you have a medical issue, you tend to seek out a medical doctor first, right? And then I guess if one is not available, perhaps a reverend uh, doctor uh, is the next best option, but um, it's not really the same thing, Um, depending on the seminary, I guess. But um, uh, in, in the time of Jesus... Medical doctors existed, and we remember, as we are in the Gospel of Luke, that Luke himself was a medical doctor. He was a physician. But in our scripture, we have 10 men who have been living with leprosy. They ask Jesus to have pity on them, and Jesus sends them to the pastors. Jesus sends them to the priests. And there's a couple of things we need to know about why. 2,000 years ago, leprosy was thought of as a disease inflicted by God upon those who transgressed his laws. It was a divine retribution, a visitation of providence for evil thoughts and evil deeds. Leprosy could permanently damage your skin your nerves, your arms, your legs, your feet, your eyes. But it wasn't just seen as a medical issue. It was seen as a curse. 2,000 years ago, leprosy was culturally seen as a physical manifestation of a spiritual illness, where a priest needed to declare an afflicted person healed. So it was the priest who, through... Um, religious rituals and practices could uh, affirm an unclean person to be clean uh, for an outcast to be made whole enough, uh, worthy to re-enter society and be accepted by the community. So Jesus demonstrates the Father's heart for them and says, go, show yourselves to the priests. And the Bible says, on their way, they were healed. Jesus uses the religious customs and religious constructs of that time to work his miracle through, to bring about healing and communal restoration. So there's two things to notice in in this. The first thing is that there is a physical healing and spiritual healing taking place for these 10 men. So we notice Jesus wanted these 10 men to be healed and restored and transformed. And the second thing we notice is Jesus wanted to be noticed. 
Jesus wanted the priests to realize that a miracle had occurred. Jesus wanted to have society recognize him through the transformation of these 10 leopards. Um, I mean, what an incredible opportunity to evidence the divine power of Jesus and also the heart of the Father, a recognition that could produce a response that Jesus desires, that God desires, yet would not be given except for only one person in this story, the Samaritan, um, the foreigner, the despised one. It is another uh, tragic irony and foreshadowing of Jesus being rejected by some of his own people. And if it was possible then, do you think it's still possible today? In this story, the rejection of Jesus didn't take place in the reception of his gift. It didn't take place in the receiving. The rejection took place in the recognition, in the follow-up. The ten men cried out in faith to Jesus, moved forward with hope, and were physically healed in their obedience And we don't know, maybe the nine men went on to live wonderful lives. Maybe the ten men um, went on to be very happy and make others happy and dedicated themselves to doing great and wonderful things with their new lease on life. But Jesus had more to give. And only the Samaritan, when he noticed his healing happening, turned back to Jesus, recognized Jesus, fell to the ground and praised God. This is the person who received more. Not just happiness, but eternal joy. We remember um, today in John 10.10 that Jesus has come, uh, that we may have life and have it in abundance, in its fullest measure, wholeness to overflowing. When the Samaritan man turns back to Jesus and falls to the ground and praises God, Jesus washes over him words of salvation. Your faith has made you whole. In some versions of the Bible, the word uh, whole is well, Uh, but the value it carries is to be saved. To be whole is to be saved. So beyond physical healing, God's plan is to save the world from sin. And it is Jesus who saves us uh, from eternity away from God. So 10 men were partly healed and restored for a life on earth but only one of them was wholly saved for a life everlasting with God. And the language of his faith was thanksgiving. The worship God desires is a product of gratitude. It emerges from grateful hearts. And so I wonder in my life, in our shared today, Who am I in this story? What does my behavior, my actions, 
my words, say about who I am and the condition and concerns of my heart? Do I elevate myself above God? Sometimes we can be rightly concerned about any kind of prayer issue. And we fervently pray about it. And we concentrate our time and effort and togetherness and unity uh, on the prayer. But when I get the job, or when I get healed, or when I experience the miracle, is there the same kind of concerted effort to join hands and thank God for his working? God has given us and blessed us with so much, but um, when was the last time we were deliberate about saying, God, I bless you just this morning. So thank you. Um, If I can continue to be honest, friends, it doesn't take much for me uh, to get fussy and whiny uh, um, whenever I uh, contend with any kind of discomfort or, or change or whatever it is that I don't appreciate very much. Um, And to be honest, a lot of my whining is first world whining. Am I I the only one? No. Thank you for saying that. So I wonder, do we consistently carry ourselves like ones who are blessed and saved and transforming? Do we? What would God say? What would our community say? If we really understood a life without Jesus, more than just singing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, wouldn't we live it? Wouldn't our behavior reflect our belief? Remember, we talked about what the Bible says the four characteristics of worship are, that God desires Worship that flows from being saved. Worship that is linked um, to salvation. Worship that is spiritual. Worship that is scriptural. Worship that is sacrificial. That Bible verse is Romans 12. And um, I I just want to read it to you. This is Romans 12. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you, Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And it is only out of our gratitude that we can truly praise the Lord in the way that he desires. When we're really grateful, we worship a lot. When we're not really grateful, we don't really worship a lot. And in this scripture, the Samaritan gives us a great order of worship. Uh, We can look to this passage and find a role model of worshiper that God desires. This is what he did. Four things. He calls out to Jesus. He cries out to Jesus, recognizing his nearness and sovereignty. 
He moves forward with hope. Then he turns back with gratitude and he praises the Lord. Now, bringing this uh, in our today, a human question, uh, a very vulnerable and real question came to mind. Why do we work hard pursuing the Lord and yet continue to struggle? My friends, the reality of our existence is that this broken world makes it hard to be continually thankful. And it becomes so easy to make our faith about requests. And when God doesn't do what we think we want, it is easy to turn away from him. It is a struggle sometimes to remain faithful and unified. When Jesus tells the lepers to go to the priests, I would be thinking, we already tried that. We tried that every week. We tried that every Sunday morning. We try that every year, and it just doesn't work. But Jesus, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. Maybe you're thinking, I'm all tired out about praying for this or praying for that, or being hopeful. I'm tired of being hopeful. Maybe you have doubts about something Jesus is asking you to be hopeful about or to have faith about. Maybe you're carrying ongoing disappointments, just bummers all the time. Know that the Bible says it is through the moving closer to God that the doubts subside. The Bible says it's through the doing practicing gratefulness for God with us, that true healing becomes possible. Uh, I remember uh, one of my mentors uh, in D.C. taught me about this. He said um, uh, something like, Some, sometimes when you're struggling to get over an obstacle, uh, the key isn't found in your trying, but in your training. Oof. If we want to try doing better, maybe we need to do training better. And we'll remember what the Bible says about this too in uh, 1 Timothy. This is what it says. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. 
The worship God desires is a product of gratitude. So if we want to get better at giving what he desires, at giving God what he desires, living worshipful lives, we must train in gratitude. And the Samaritan leper shows us how. We can train our hearts and our minds to grow stronger in gratitude. That we remember, even though we have trials and uh, we have disappointments, uh, we are broken people, and still God expects us through it to be a witness of his love uh, to all the earth. We are supposed to make the world a better place, uh, a more hopeful place, in Jesus' name. Jesus said the world will know we are his disciples, disciples of Jesus, not by our uh, religious constructs or our denomination or our tradition or our heritage or our values or our opinions or our preferences, but by the love that we have for one another. And the language of such a faith is thanksgiving. God hopes, he desires that the world would see his people living worshipful lives, united, offering themselves as living sacrifices, producing praise and thanksgiving. This is our call to the importance of communal worship. And uh, we're going to worship as a community in a new way, maybe in a surprising uh, way together uh, as a church family in just a few minutes. But since we know, because the Bible tells us that true worship is intrinsically linked to salvation, I want to host a very special moment for anyone here who is feeling called to enter into a relationship with Jesus or to renew your commitment uh, to Jesus. God gave Jesus to the world uh, that the world may know life and have life to the full, everlasting. And if you're ready today to receive Jesus and the love of God, if you're ready to recognize not only your place before God, but his sovereignty and lordship over your life, if you're ready to choose God and give him what he desires, please pray this simple prayer with me in the quiet of your heart. So would you close your eyes and uh, everyone bow your heads. Okay, pray this prayer with me. God, I am sorry for the ways I have rejected you. I confess that I am sinful. I have the leprosy of sin, which damages my body and spirit. And I am broken 
and in need of the healing and restoration in life that only you can provide. Thank you, Jesus, for dying in my place to atone for my sins and for adopting me into your family. Please be my God and my Savior today. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name. And as everyone's eyes are still closed and heads are bowed, if you prayed this prayer, would you please raise your hand high so I might acknowledge this moment and celebrate with you and with God? If you prayed this prayer online, would you reach out to one of the prayer hosts? Thank you. You may put your hands down. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're not done yet. Since the purpose of our Sunday mornings is to worship together as a community, right? The purpose of our Sunday morning is to gather. We're going to respond in praise and worship as a community. We're going to train in our faith as a church family and follow the role model of the Samaritan who Jesus was pleased with to offer God our praise and worship. And we're going to do this together, which pleases the Lord. Okay, please stand if you can. And the worship team can come and hang out with me for a little bit. All right, this is timely because Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Let's take a moment and recognize Jesus is with us, wherever you happen to be, here or online. So this is what I'm going to ask. In a word or a line, please think of one thing Jesus is asking you to be hopeful for in the future, and one thing you are grateful for, recognizing Jesus in your past. Okay, one thing Jesus is asking you to be hopeful about, and one thing that you are grateful for. And when you have those things, uh, we're going to sing, and uh, uh, there's going to be music. And um, if you want to participate in this form of congregational worship, then let us give God the recognition and worship he desires. We're going to, <laughs> in a very civilized and peaceful way, somehow make our way to the cross. Please take a paper, and you can do two things. You can either write your word or a line there. There's a, the paper is two-sided. One side is hope, one side is gratitude. Write your word or your line very quickly on there and offer it. Drop it in the offering uh, bowl there. Or you can take a piece of paper and take it back to your seat and just spend time with the Lord on it. Fill it out whenever you're ready. And before you leave here today, drop it in the offering bowl. Um, people online, please write your, your things in the chat and the service host uh, will acknowledge you. And then uh, let's somehow return to our seat and we'll close our service together. Okay? So um, 
uh, just wh- wherever you are, clo- close your eyes for, for a second and, um, b- before we sing. Jesus, I remember and recognize that you want to transform us to wholeness. And we know you want to be noticed. And as we recognize you, Help us to draw out the response that God desires, the worship of grateful hearts. Okay, in Jesus' name. Okay, so the music will start, and uh, I'm going to walk off there, and I'll be the first. Um, And as a communal demonstration of faith, uh, let's practice our training in praise and worship in this way. Okay, so please come forward when you're ready. Thank you, Chevis, for a great, great message. And before I finish with the, uh, uh, the blessing, let me just say once again, thank you so much online here in the sanctuary. Thank you for being with us, joining with us in worshiping the Lord today. And I, I really want to do a shout out. Thanks to all of those online and here who have helped out and volunteered your time today. Through you, God has been honored and we have been blessed. So thank you. And if you're here or online, feel free uh, again, as I uh, mentioned earlier, to to give uh, to the church, by, uh, either giving online or the boxes on your way out. And for those of you who need some extra prayer, for those of you uh, who, as, as Chevis said, maybe um, your hopefulness is feeling... Or you're just tired of being hopeful because it's worn you down because maybe you have felt some disappointments. If you want some prayer for that, you know, if you're online, just hit that prayer button. If you want prayer for that or for any other reason, you know, our prayer team meets in the back, uh, Lanai out there, please come forward or talk to me, talk to Chevis, talk to anybody on staff if you need more prayer. Um, one more thing, uh, you know, this is such a great talk and a great thing that we've all done together. It'd be great to share some things. So we want to provide discussion groups uh, in the fellowship hall uh, that will be talking about this sermon. So just look for tables with um, a blue tablecloths, and um, it'll be ho- hosted by the Vintage Ministry. Uh, but everyone of all ages are welcome to come and sit down in those conversations. All right, so before we get to do all of that, please receive this blessing. May you know this week the more that Jesus has for you in your life. And may he anoint you and fill you and show through you to a very hopeless and hurting world the hope that we have and the healing that we can receive through the Lord Jesus Christ. Go in the name of God and in his power, for from him, through him, and to him are all things. To him be all the glory in all God's people said. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Be in peace. And we'll see you next time. When we see and recognize what God has done for us, our reaction should be one of worship for the Lord. Our worship is our thank you card to Jesus. If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, visit our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Prayer Sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. 
Join First Pres for church. We meet in person and online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus, 10 a.m. at the Vine in Kaka'ako, or online through the websites. And remember, when you visit the website, check out the news page to keep up with everything that's happening at First Pres. You can also sign up for emails, listen to or watch sermons, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Pres can do for you, please reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.